Hi, and welcome to Northampton Bible Church's podcast. We are glad that you're here today. If you'd like to learn more about Northampton Bible Church, you can check us out at nbchurchcf.org. You can also interact with us on social media at nbchurchcf. And now, here's today's message. Whether you realize it or not, we are in a spiritual battle. If you have been around the last few weeks, you realize, hopefully a little bit, that we are in a spiritual battle. Uh, We have taken the last few weeks kind of on this high-level view of angels and demons and heaven and hell, and and today we're going to dig into spiritual warfare. And it's enough information that we're going to spend the next two weeks, so this week and next week we're going to talk about spiritual warfare uh, my hope is that as we talk about this, that it won't just be this, this thing that we talk about. And all the time that, that, we, that we do speak, my goal has always been to answer, okay, so what and now what? Like, what do we, we get all this, we see what God has to say, but so what does that mean for my life? And now what should I do about it? And my hope is and my prayer is that as we go through this today, you'll say, oh, okay, I know what I'm supposed to do. Because as you even think about the spiritual armor, if you've heard about Ephesians 6 before, or maybe you've uh, grown up in church and you kind of know about the armor, and, and maybe you don't know what to do with that, and what does that mean for my life, uh, my prayer is that today it will make more sense to say, okay, well, I just get up and I pray it on, right, and I go about my day. But what does it really mean, uh, Ephesians 6? And we're going to dig into it uh, as we go through this today. Uh, we are definitely in, the, in a battle, and the battle is real, and the battle can be won, and the battle can be won in the power of God. Uh, one of the things, if you have a study guide, I encourage you to use them and take notes, because uh, you, it, there's just a lot of information as we go through this series, and uh, we try not to have all this information in everything we do, because it, it feels like it can be overwhelming, uh, but for this kind of thing, we feel like you just kind of need this information. But one of the things you need to see today is that the Christian life is not a playground, it's a battleground. And we talked a lot about this last week as far as what it means to follow Jesus and what it means to have a relationship with God through Jesus and how important it is that you have a relationship with God that's real. That it's not just, hey, when I was younger or last week or when, when I was at vacation Bible school or when I went to church, I prayed this prayer and I'm saved, so I'm good, right? But you understand that it's, it's way more than that. And in a very real sense, it is really about, and we talk about it a lot, and some of you have the wristbands that say it, it's really about surrender. That I surrender my life to Christ at the cross, that I trust Him for the forgiveness of my sin, that He is my Savior and He is my Lord. But what we have to understand, that the, what this means is that I surrender all. That every day of my life, it's about surrender. That it's not just at the foot of the cross, it is every day as my feet hit the floor, I surrender. That my life should look different as a Christ follower. My thoughts should be different thoughts. And it doesn't mean that I, that I follow Jesus and everything has changed and I'm totally where, where, right where I wasn't before. I'm, I'm following Jesus. It, it's a process in our lives and we need to understand that. But you need to understand that, that truly following Jesus is about giving up your life. And that's not necessarily popular, but that's what Christ calls us to. That it's not about my agenda, it's not about my desires, it's not about what I want, it's really about what he wants in my life. That we sing songs like, I surrender all, and we kind of just sing it and we move on, but really that's the heart of the, of the Christian life, of what it means to follow Jesus is, I surrender all. That the money that's entrusted to me is really your money, Lord, and, and I surrender all. That my life that's entrusted to me is really your life, I surrender all. 
And we need to understand this in light of the fact that we are not playing church, but we are, we are in a battle that it's a big deal. Galatians 2.20, if you don't have this memorized yet, especially as a follower of Christ, you need to memorize this verse. And I'll give you a number of verses today, hopefully not overwhelming to you, but verses that you need to have memorized. If you say that you follow Jesus, these are some verses that you need to have uh, stored away in your mind. Where Paul says that I've been crucified with Christ and it is no longer I who live. If you just stop and think about that, that's what it means to live the crucified life. That's what it means to be a Christ follower. That Jesus is not calling us to follow him and then do whatever you want and we'll see you in heaven. But it's about following him with all of your life, with all of your time, with all that you are. That Paul says, I've been crucified with Christ and it is no longer I who live. And, and this should be our, our point of view, our, our life. This should be our mantra. This should be who we are, that, that I am a Christ follower. It's no longer I who live, but it's Christ who lives in me. Does that make sense? It's not easy. I mean, it may be easy to understand, but it's not easy to walk out. I understand that. But it should be our prayer of, Okay, God, today is your day. This moment is your moment. I give it all to you. I surrender all to you. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. In the life I live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. You know, the thing is about, about the Bible is, you know, sometimes, and we talked about this a little bit, but we get so hung up on, like, I need to be in a Bible study. I want to get in a Bible study. I want to learn more about the Bible. I want to learn more about the Bible. Yes, you should learn more about the Bible, but if you would just practice the things that you already know, it will change your life. If you just take the information and you apply it, it will change your marriage, it will change your home, it will change your attitude, it will change your life. And so what I'm saying is you don't, often you don't need one more Bible study, you just need to apply the things that you already know. Because what Paul is saying in Galatians chapter 2 is it's really about losing your life. If you want to follow Jesus, it's really about saying no to myself and saying yes to whatever God wants. And that's really the main difference as I look at this of somebody that just prays a prayer and, and thinks that they're on their way to heaven. And we talked a lot about this last week. If you missed it, you can check it out online. We even have a fancy podcast. You can listen to it again, whatever. But my point is that we talked a lot about this and how important it is that you think that, well, I prayed the prayer so I'm in. And really what it is about is, yes, it's about surrendering your life to Christ, but it's also about living the crucified life. That this doesn't save you. That the only thing that saves you is Christ. But evidence of that salvation is how you walk it out. Make sense? It means looking more and more like Jesus in my life. It means surrendering all these areas of my life. And, and you know what I mean. Because there's times we're like, okay God, I surrender all, really kind of most of it. I, okay, I surrender some of my life. And then God confronts you with that thing that you haven't surrendered, that, that Isaac that you haven't laid on the altar. You say, yeah, but I, I can do so much more with that thing than you can, God. And then you realize, okay, God, I can't. I give you that. And then God shows you something else that you need to surrender. You say, but I can really, here you go. It means that my love for Jesus begins to look like hatred toward the world. 
hatred. Jesus says that, that anyone who follows me and doesn't hate his mother and father and sister and brother cannot be my disciple. That should wake you up. Because what Jesus is not saying is go around and hate everybody else and love me. But what he's saying is that your love for me, your commitment to me, your surrender to me looks like hatred toward everything else. That you love me so much. That you're committed so much. And I wonder if that's what our commitment looks like to the world. Do we look like, is Jesus the most important thing in our life? Is God, my relationship with God, the most important thing? Or is it just a thing? Is it something that I do or is it something that I am? Jim Elliott, missionary who was killed in the process of really being surrendered, he said that this, he is no fool who gives what he cannot keep to gain which, we, which he cannot lose. That we try to hold on to these things that we think are so important, but really it's about giving it all up and saying, God, whatever you want. And so all through this series, we've been looking at angels and demons and heaven and hell. And today, as I said, next week we're looking at spiritual warfare. And uh, we started our series by looking at 2 Kings chapter 6. I just want to remind you of this because this is a big deal. And I know I've said that a lot in this series, that it's a big deal, it's a big deal. These things are a big deal. This is, these things are important in our lives. And if I haven't said it enough, I'm going to continue to say it, but it's not just about knowing these things, it's about walking in them. It's not just about the information, it's about the application of that information that ultimately leads to the transformation of your life. That we don't gather together in Bible studies, and we don't gather together in church, and we don't gather together in our life groups so that we can get a bunch of information and feel good about ourselves. If that information doesn't get to application, there is no transformation, and we really are wasting our time. But you hear what I'm saying, that information is okay. Bible studies are okay. Those kind of things are okay. But if we, if we stop there and say, well, I went to that and I filled out the whole workbook, I'm good, right? Well, how's it changed your life? Well, it hasn't changed my life, but I got the workbook to show you that I did it. But Elisha, the prophet Elijah and his servant were surrounded, I don't know if you remember this or not, but were surrounded by this great army. And Elijah could see what the servant couldn't see. That there was this battle that was raging around them and they, all that the servant could see was this army that had encamped around them. What Elijah could see, uh, he eventually prayed and asked God to reveal and to show to his servant that there were really an army of, of God's army that was surrounded. If you look at Second Kings on the screen, Elijah said, do not be afraid for those who are with us are more than those who are with them. And in that moment, what's happening is, so there's this servant and there's Elijah and they're kind of together and they're looking around and all they see is these people that want to kill them. And Elisha says, look, there, the, there is an army that's greater than them that is ready to, to take care of them. And he looks around like, I don't see what you're talking about. And then Elisha prays, and he said, O Lord, please open his eyes that he may see. So the Lord opened the eyes of the young man, and he saw, and behold, the mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire all around Elisha. And I bring us back to that because I'm laying this foundation that how important we, it is that we understand that we are in a battle. And I think we can kind of be so numb and kind of like, ah, it's no big deal and I don't really see anything. But there's an invisible war that is happening all around us. There's an enemy who wants to destroy your life. There's an enemy that really wants to, to make you, uh, at best, a, a lukewarm Christian. <laughs> but I go to church and I'm a good person. But eternity is at stake. 
not just your eternity, but the eternity of your, of your friends and your neighbors and, and those around you, that it's a big deal. And we looked at that chart last week. We talked about Satan a couple weeks ago. Uh, I want to remind you of some things because they're, they're important as we lay this foundation for spiritual warfare, but that our enemy, Satan, is the father of lies. That there is no truth in him. John chapter, four, chapter 8, verse 44 says that Satan was a murderer from the beginning. And he does not stand in the truth because there is no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks out of his own character, for he is a liar and the father of lies. There is no truth in the message that comes from Satan. And I want you to understand this morning that the battleground really is the battle of your mind. Yes, there is a a physical battle, a spiritual battle that is happening, but where the battle is being done is in your mind. That you have to get to the point that you recognize that and you decide that what happens in your mind really matters. That we don't compartmentalize and say, well, yeah, I can watch whatever, I can listen to whatever, I can say whatever. I can. It's not really a big deal. It's a big deal. Because the reality is that what goes in eventually comes out. But I can listen to this, and I can watch this, and I can be a part of that, and it's not, it's not going to hurt me. It will eventually affect who you are. You may be good at kind of putting it off or putting on a mask when you get around other people. like, eh. But then when you're around other people, you see it come out. You hear it come out. You know that it's in there. And we end up feeding this part of us that really is not in line with the Word of God and not in line with what God wants for your life. We say, but it's okay. And we kind of compartmentalize. And we've been good at this in our culture and in our society where we can kind of say, I've got my church life and my church people and the church piece of my life. But when I get home, when no one else is around, when I'm online, when I'm doing this thing, when I'm with this group of friends, I can kind of be this person and that's okay with me. And I'm telling you that that's not okay with God. That we can't have this compartmentalized life where we say, but I'll act like a Christ follower at church, and I kind of am a Christ follower, but when I'm with my friends, I mean, you've got to have fun, right? I mean, you've got to kind of cut loose. God, I surrender my friends to you. God, I surrender my home to you. God, I surrender this group of people that I am with. God, I surrender my job. God, I surrender all to you. Because God doesn't want to be just in a part of your life and say, hey, welcome to church. But it's really about surrender when you're online, when when you're interacting on social media, when you're interacting with people that you haven't talked to in a long time, when you're interacting with people you hang out with. All of those things is really about being surrendered to God in those areas. And it's important that we understand that. And it's important that we realize that the battle is in our minds. 2 Corinthians tells us to take every thought captive in Romans 12, too, you can write this down, but do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect, that really what happens in our minds matters. And you know this, and you've experienced this, because you've struggled with things that at first were just a thought. You struggled with things that that you allow certain things in or certain images in or certain thoughts in or certain attitudes and expectations and it begins to affect how you act and how you talk and how you behave. 
that the battleground is the mind, and we've said it before, but garbage in equals garbage out. That your thoughts become your words and your thoughts become your actions. And that's where the battle is raging. And we must decide that what happens in the control room of our lives really matters. And there's a point where you, as a Christ follower, you say, yeah, I follow Jesus. There's a point where you draw a line in the sand and say, by God's power, I'm going to stand and I'm going to stand against that thought that really brings me comfort or that thought that really excites me or that thought that fulfills, I think, something in me when really it's not. Someone put it this way, that Satan and his forces have a plan to terrorize your soul, to render you impotent as a believer, to make you worthless to the cause of Christ, and to make your life one of misery and spiritual defeat. And that's how some of us live. That's how some of you live. That's how some of those seasons of our lives, if we walk through this, where we allow those thoughts to take over, where we basically say, Satan, you can have whatever you want. Yeah, I believe in Jesus, but I really want this thing. And I'm going to chase after these things that really don't matter. We speak against this all the time because the reality is that, that Christianity is not about behavior modification. It's really about heart transformation. That we're not interested in, I'm not interested in you saying, well, I prayed a prayer and I know when to stand up and when to sit down. I'm really interested in that if you don't know Jesus, that you have a relationship with Jesus as Savior and Lord. And if you have a relationship with God through Christ, that you grow in Christ-likeness, that you become a disciple who ultimately is a disciple who makes disciples. That's the road that you need to be on. And it doesn't mean that you've got to do it perfectly, and it doesn't mean that you're going to be there tomorrow, but that that's the goal. That's the end. I see that goal in mind, and I'm going to keep working toward that, and, and together we'll work toward that. That none of you is perfect. None of you will ever be perfect this side of heaven. But the reality is that, that our hearts should be, God, whatever you want. And I'm going to keep growing that way. And I'm going to keep trusting you. And sometimes it's like a soccer game where the ball goes down the field. And you're like, this is awesome. And then you turn around you're like chasing back the other way. Like, why did I do that? And you're chasing back. And sometimes it's like that. And it's okay. But what we have to understand is that our goal is to be like Christ. That there is forgiveness. There is healing. There is mercy. There is grace. Because Satan wants to destroy your life. This is a verse, again, that you should be at the top of your mind. To be sober-minded, be watchful. Your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion seeking someone to devour. Resist him. Firm in your faith. Knowing that the same kinds of suffering are being experienced by your brotherhood throughout the world. What Peter is saying is that there, as I've said, there's an enemy who wants to destroy you. That when I say it's a big deal, it's a big deal. That if you're willing to say, you know what, I can kind of just be comfortable and live this life for Christ, and it's like not a big deal, and I kind of do what I want, then, that's, then I think believe, I believe that Satan is winning. But what you're going to find is when you take a stand and you start making disciples who make disciples, you start walking out what it means to be a disciple, that you're going to experience pushback because that's, that's what Satan is standing against you with. And so it's a big deal. That we need to win the battle of our minds and realize it or not, there is a battle going on and that God, by God's power, uh, we can win this battle and it really happens as we look up. As we uh, will talk about, there's a, there's a number of things, four things that we're going to talk about uh, that you can up. And uh, if you turn to Ephesians chapter 6, we'll get into a couple of them today. We have communion today uh, as part of our service and so we'll be 
cutting a little bit shorter because of that, and then we'll finish up next week. But Ephesians chapter 6, I want you to understand how important it is to truly walk in the armor of God, to walk in this power uh, that we've read about, maybe you've sung about, maybe you've seen people put on stuff like, look, here's the helmet of salvation and the breastplate of righteousness. And you're like, what do I do with that? Well, you just pray it on. Like, okay. That's where I've been. Until you study, you're like, oh, well, this is what we really are talking about. This is what we mean. This is how I can walk this out. To me, that's way more important than you being able to say, but I know all the pieces of the armor. <laughs> yeah? But if we don't know what to do because of that, then we really are falling short of what we should be doing. Does that make sense? Are we, is that, are we, I keep asking if that makes sense. It's important. Because we don't want to fight naked. And many of us, take that picture out of your mind, but many of us <laughs> walk into battle, and that's how we fight. That we walk out of our door, we put our feet on the floor, and we say, okay, well, let's face the day, let's walk in, in this relationship, let's, I want to please you with all that I am, but we have no thought of, of God's power in our life. And we get beat up, and we get beat down, and we're like, well, what's the deal? Well, this is important. And so Paul says in Ephesians chapter 6, starting in verse 10, he says, finally, be strong in the Lord and the strength of his might. And and I want to keep pushing you back to this, that this is not about you. This is not about your power. This is not about your strength. This is not about like, tomorrow I'm going I'm to do this. You are fighting a spiritual battle against beings that are way more powerful than you. And you say, I'm going to get this done. You know what it, what it really should look like? God, if I'm going to win this battle today, if I'm going to beat this habit, if I'm going to stop looking at these things, if I'm going to stop taking these things, if I'm going to stop talking like this, if I'm, if I'm going to exhibit the fruit of the Spirit, it's going to be because of your power in my life. And I surrender to you. Because really, what it comes down to is I want to be selfish. I want to, I want to be negative. I want to gossip. I want to do these things that, that in the moment make me feel good, but really are not what God calls me to do. God, by your power today, we can win this battle for your glory. Do you see the difference? Because I've grown up with, just try harder. Just be a better person. That's not the call of, our, of the life of following Christ. God, I surrender my tongue to you. I surrender my thoughts. God, this thing that came in, I don't, I don't even want to think about it because we've talked about it before. And at first you think it, then you want it, then you do it, then you pay for it. That whole process begins with a thought because the battleground is the mind. God, I don't even want to do anything that's going to, to lead me down the path away from you. I mean, do you have that kind of relationship with God? To say, God, I would love to indulge in this thing, but I love you more. Or God, I really want to do this thing, but I really deep down love me more, but I surrender all of that to you because I want to love you more. Finally, be strong in the Lord and the strength of His might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. Verse 12 is very important. For we do not wrestle with flesh and blood but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over the present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. What Paul is saying is that our battle 
is not something that we can really see. And when he talks about kingdoms and authorities, what he's talking about are these spiritual forces, this, this battle that's happening in the spiritual realm that has, that has effects in the, in the physical world. That the things that you struggle with, the, the, the habits that you deal with, the, the, uh, the, the things that hold you up and hang you up often can find themselves in, in other things, in spiritual uh, forces in your life. But don't misunderstand me that it also is because of the fact that you can walk in sin. Because you are a sinner and you struggle with sin. And so often what you want to do is we want to blame, well, that was that thing that caused me to do it. The devil made me do it. And all those things we've talked about already. Understand that at the center of the word sin is the letter I. If you want to start placing blame on the why, why you're struggling, why you're dealing, why you're uh, you are, are, are just having a difficult time, you need to look in the mirror, number one. Because do you really love God more than you love that thing? Do you really want to be surrendered to God more than you want to surrender your life to that, that passion or that desire or that habit or that hang-up? Do you really love God more? Yes, I love God more than just continue to surrender. God will give you the power to overcome. God will change your heart. God will change your life. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil, which we did. We got all the way down to verse 12. There we go. Verse 13. Therefore, because of all this, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and have it, having done all to stand firm. Stand, therefore. Having fastened the belt of truth and having put on the, the breastplate of righteousness and shoes as for your feet, having put on the readiness given by the gospel of peace. In all circumstances, take up the shield of faith which, with which you can extinguish all the flaming darts of the evil one. And take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, praying all, at all times in the Spirit with all power and supplication. And one of the things I see here, the struggles that I think we have had, and I know that I have had, is that people will say, well, you just, you just pray on the armor. Okay, God, I pray for the belt of truth to be put on. <laughs> I pray for the helmet. I don't understand. Okay, I did it. I'm good, right? My prayer for you today and probably more next week is as we look at these things, what does that really mean for our lives? How do we walk this out? Why should I do that? What effect does it have? How does it protect me? And the other thing that I see in all of this is as you look at this armor, I don't see any armor that covers your backside. Which says to me that I don't think that we turn around and we run away. But we stand and we stand firm in the power of God. We don't stand firm and say, I, I got this. Let me take. You're in trouble. As you stand against temptation, it, you, you, you struggle with this battle that, like, I really want to do that thing, but God, I want to please you. You've been in that battle before in your life, and maybe even every day, and maybe even this morning, that you're kind of torn between these two things of, like, God, I really want to please you, but I really want to indulge in that. It's kind of like that meme with the guy that's always look, like, looking back and has his girlfriend, and you're like, yeah, okay. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Three of us got it. It's the same kind of thing in our lives. Is that we want to please God, but we really want to please ourselves. And I believe that there needs to come a time, and I think this is kind of the defining line in your, in your life with Christ as a Christ follower, is, is that you draw that line. You say, 
I don't want to please myself. I don't want that thing more. I struggle, and yeah, I may end up running back to that in a moment, but, I, but God, I want you more. Give me a, a desire for you, a passion for you, a heart for you. Change my heart. Transform me by your word. Because it doesn't just happen like, oh, I'm good. I don't, have, I don't have any more struggles anymore. I follow Jesus. I'm good. My life is great. I don't have any negative thoughts. I don't have any. I'm good. No. But I know that God can transform your heart and your mind and he can transform your life as you surrender these things, these thoughts that you have, these habits that you have, these hang-ups that you have, that God can change you. But it starts at the cross. And so I'm going to give you some things today and a lot more next week apparently because you know how it goes. Uh, use the word pass uh, and you'll see what I mean when we go through them. Uh, to kind of help you to remember that you're going to pass the test. If you're going to uh, be win the war, win the battle, it's going to be because you've done these things. Uh, the first thing that you need to do is talking about winning the battle comes when you look up. You need to pray up. So P, you'll see. Prayer is not something that we do in the battle. Prayer is the battle. Do we really believe that? Do we really believe that prayer is the battle? If you looked at the checkbook of your life, you would begin to realize if, if you believe that prayer is the battle. If you look at the time of your life and say, well, I, I prayed for my food, and I, I think I prayed because I almost got in an accident, I'm, I prayed that much today. If prayer is not this ongoing conversation, if prayer is not what you spend time doing, prayer in your life is not the battle. Prayer is something that you're doing. And it's important as you grow, to under, you'll, you'll experience this as you grow, that it, it's not just like, okay, God, I got up and I prayed, we're done, I'll see you when I get home, I'll see you at lunch. That as you grow and you're mature in your walk with God, prayer becomes this, this thing that you do. Like, God, just, you, you're driving down the road and you, you see this person, you're reminded of that thing, or there's this beautiful sunset, sunrise, and you're like, God, you are just, you're worthy. God, thank you for waking me up today. God, thank you for, God, you are so awesome. God, I thank you, I almost hit that person. <laughs> Prayer is the battle. And if you are going to win this war, you need and you will discover that prayer is the battle. Prayer is a game changer. It puts us in our rightful place that God is God and we're not. It's an act of submission. It's an act of coming into the throne room and saying, God, uh, this is my need. This is my heart. This is my struggle. And God hears our prayer. I've been overwhelmed the last few weeks with the reality. And, and if you watched um, Bruce Almighty, uh, not all of it's true. Most of no. <laughs> Uh, but just that moment that he could hear all the prayers happening, all the, you, I don't know if this may be lost on you, but all these things coming at once, like, ah, just, just prayer after prayer, and people talking, and it's just, it's just like this noise. But the beautiful thing that you realize is that the creator of all things, God, in the noise of all of that, hears you. And the noise of all of that knows you. That he knows a number of hairs on your head, which changes often. 
which tells me that he intimately knows me. And he intimately knows you. And in that moment that I'm praying and you're praying, he hears us. And if I'm going to win this battle, if I'm going to win this spiritual battle, it's going to happen on the battlefield when I pray. If I can help you in this area, uh, one of the things that is uh, very easy to do, you think, well, how do I pray? What do I talk about? And uh, if I could encourage you is that you would just talk to God. Some people uh, will get into a room like, I don't pray. I bet you do when you're in trouble. <laughs> I bet you do when you uh, almost trip down the stairs. But it doesn't have to be this formal thing where like, oh, Father, thank thee for thine. Thou. God, thank you. God, I worship you. You're worthy. That God wants that kind of relationship with you. And understand that there should be fear. It's not just like, hey, buddy, but God is to be revered and feared. But God wants a relationship. God wants to hear from you. God wants to speak into your life. And so if you think about the word ACTS, A-C-T-S, this is an easy way to get started. Uh, you can write this down. It's not even on the screen. It's not that fancy. Uh, but A-C-T-S, that if you say, well, what do I pray about? How do I, how do I walk out this prayer life? Well, it's as easy as ACTS that I, I spend time in adoration. A, adoration, God. If you can't think of something that God is worthy of, if you can't think of a reason to praise, then you need to open your eyes and look around. Because I think there's probably a hundred things in this moment you can think of, see, like, God, thank you for my kids most days. <laughs> God, thank you for providing. God, thank you for this house. God, thank you for the energy that I can get up and I can go to work. God, thank you uh, for the clothes on my, God, thank you, God, thank you, God, thank you, and adore. And you can read the Psalms and just find, let me just pray this back to you, God. And so I spend time in adoration. And that may be your whole prayer time is just adoration. C of Acts is confession. God, I confess that I have fallen short. And let me, let me encourage you here is that if you, if you trip up, if you give in to temptation, if you give in to sin, don't say, hey, I'm gonna, in like five hours I'm going to pray and I'm going to talk to God then. <laughs> Keep short accounts of sin in your life because I'm telling you that that gives the devil a foothold. That If you trip up, if you mess up, God, I am so sorry. I chose that thing over you, and I don't want to choose that. Give me the power to, to stand against that. Some of you are going to need to make some serious decisions in your life to say, I'm following Jesus, so that means I've got to give up that. I've got to give up that relationship. I've got to give up that thing. I've got to give up whatever. I've got to throw my computer out the window. <laughs> whatever it means. That if you say that you love Jesus, if you say you're a Christ follower, that means what that means is that I've crucified, that I'm dead to myself and I'm alive to what he wants and Christ lives his life in me. And so confession is part of that. First John 1, 9, you can write down next to it that if I confess my sins, he is faithful and he is just to forgive me of my sins and to cleanse me from all unrighteousness. That there is hope in my life. That not only do I find forgiveness at the cross, but each day when I mess up, when I think the wrong things, say the wrong things, when that thought becomes more than a thought in my life and I confess that God is faithful and just to forgive me, that should bring you hope. But understand that it begins at the cross. Understand that I need to have a relationship with God in Jesus where my sin is forgiven. We've talked about this before, but I feel like I need to talk about it right now. Is that this idea that before I have a relationship with God, before I have a true relationship with God, 
uh, when I, because I'm, of my sin, I am separated from God eternally. That I am spiritually dead, that I am, I, am, I am not on my way to heaven, I am on my way to hell, separation from God for all eternity. That when I sin, the wages of sin is death. That when I put my faith and trust in Christ alone as Savior and Lord, and I follow after Him, and I surrender my life to Him, and I receive that forgiveness in my life, that my sin is forgiven. That no longer because of my sin am I separated from God for all eternity. I am, I am His child because of His forgiveness in Christ and my faith in Christ. And the reality is that when I sin, that sin separates me, not eternally, but it separates me relationally. That my relationship with God is not what it ought to be, should be, can be. That God uh, may not be able to use me like he could have used me had I not been walking in that sin. And so that when I sin, after putting my faith and trust in Christ, that I'm not separated eternally. That, that when you are trusting in Christ for the forgiveness of your sin, that you're a child of God. That if you were to sin in that moment and then die in the next moment, I believe that your sin is forgiven. Understand that. But what, as we should be, uh, we should have the mindset of God that he hates sin. That I shouldn't be walking in sin and also following Jesus because I can't do it. It's incongruent. It's going the opposite way. And so I, I confess that sin and God forgives me so that my relationship with God is restored. But I'm, I'm not, I don't cease to be a child of God. That there are people in this place that say, I absolutely am a child of God. But right at this moment, I'm not being a very good child, but I'm a child of God. It's important that we understand that because I don't think we walk on eggshells like, I just said something, so now I'm going to hell. No, if you are forgiven in Christ, you are forgiven and you are free. Paul says don't continue to use that forgiveness to go on and sin more and more. If you truly are a child of God, I believe that you'll say, I don't want to choose that. I don't want to choose to walk away from God. I don't want to choose to walk in sin. That's a good test for you in your life because you know your thoughts, you know your life. <laughs> but that you would choose to walk in a way that honors God. ACT, Thanksgiving, is kind of like adoration, but really thankfulness. Uh, God, I thank you for this day. While I may be worshiping you in A, I'm just thanking you specifically for things in T. And supplication is a fancy word for saying, God, these are, these are the needs that I have. S is supplication. Uh, God, this is the struggles. God, this is the situation. God, you know all these things, but I'm asking you to answer my prayer. And even if you just think about that, uh, I think we're going to stop here because we don't have any time. But I think we need to stop there because if nothing else that you hear this week, that if you're going to win the battle, it's going to be because you realize that prayer is the battle. And that the battlefield is your mind. And that you need to decide that what happens in your mind really matters. And that you surrender your mind to Christ. You take every thought captive so that you can ultimately win the war. So next week... Uh, we are gonna we're gonna get through the uh, get through is the wrong word. We're gonna walk work through uh, spiritual armor. Come ready to uh, to see what God has to say about that because uh, I'm excited for that because it was it was life changing for me and eye opening for me when I realized it wasn't just about well I just pray this stuff and it just happens. But what does that really mean? Uh, we'll answer all that next week. So.